Warning. The stories in this podcast often contain violent and disturbing events. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society, and welcome back. I wanted to give a shout out to Noah and his fellow comrades in arms for their service and for listening to the podcast. It's pretty cool to hear in some desert somewhere in the world there was a group of people listening to the podcast. So, thank you. I also wanted to thank user Six String Shadows, user Opata Woman, and user Estelle Likes Cookies for sharing their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. A few years back, my girlfriend and I, having hiked several other parts of the Appalachian Trail, decided we wanted to give the southern portion of Virginia's trail a shot. It's about 166 miles or 267 kilometers long and runs through George Washington and Jefferson National Forests from Roanoke County to Parisburg in Giles County. This is definitely one of the more remote and less traveled parts of the trail, which is exactly what we were looking for. We gathered our gear and made our way to the start of the Virginia Creeper Trail to begin our journey. We had planned our journey to end at Damascus and figured that by the time we got there we would be more than ready to get home to our own beds. It was early October and the changing of the leaves and colors were amazing. The air was crisp and cool, perfect hiking weather with beautiful scenery. The majority of the trip was pretty uneventful, just your typical hike. But our last couple of nights is where things got weird. On this portion of the trail, you're supposed to camp on the trail or a designated shelter. We didn't really want to run into other people and didn't want anyone coming up on us in the middle of the night. We decided to ignore those suggestions and find our own little spot off the trail. A little searching around and we found a spot a little ways off the trail in the middle of a small clearing. It was perfect. We set up camp, cooked some food, talked for a while and then snuggled up and went to sleep for the night. Somewhere around 2am I was awoken by my girlfriend shaking me awake telling me to get my gun. Someone is outside walking around our tent. She informs me that she woke up to what sounded like someone right outside the tent, running a knife or something along the side while circling us. When hiking, I carry a 1911 and a judge with me. You never know exactly who or what you might run into when on such a long hide in remote locations. I got the judge out of my backpack and then sat silently listening for any sounds. A few minutes of nothing but the breeze blowing through the trees, and then I heard it. 
It sounded like it was a bipedal based on the way the steps were paced. I turned on the flashlight and flooded the area with light. I thought I saw someone move behind a tree. I yelled out and told them to go away and that I was armed. I kept the light on the area with my gun drawn and slowly approached towards the area where I thought I saw the figure. Then from my right I hear what sounds like someone running away through the woods. I spin and face my light that way. And then from the original spot I hear who or whatever was there take off into the woods. There's no way I am giving chase. So I return to the campsite. I tell my girlfriend about what happened and I end up sitting guard outside the tent in the darkness until daybreak. In the morning I looked around for a bit of signs of who or whatever it was and I discovered a boot print in some soft moist dirt not far from our tent. It wasn't mine and it wasn't my girlfriend's. This freaked me out as it confirmed that someone, perhaps more than one, was skulking around our tent in the dark. I kept it to myself because I didn't want to freak her out any more than she already was. At this point we were pretty deep in and still had two days left. That day we walked a little faster than normal and covered as much ground as possible. When it came time to set up camp I found a spot near a cliff where we could place the tent in a small overhang and prevent anyone from coming around behind us. The whole day up to this point I had a feeling we were being followed. I had no confirmation of this as I hadn't seen or heard anyone else, but it was just a gut feeling. We set up camp and made some food, then retreated to the tent. I gave my girl the 1911 gun and I kept the judge right next to me, and I assured her that if I slept at all, it would be with one eye open. After a while she drifted off to sleep and I stayed awake listening to the sounds of the woods at night. I was awake for a few hours, just waiting to see if anything was going to happen. At some point I guess my exhaustion caught up with me and I drifted off. I awoke some time later to what sounded like someone going through our stuff outside the tent. I grabbed my gun and woke my girlfriend, shushing her to be quiet. From the faint glow of the fire I could see someone's silhouette against the tent. There really was someone out there. I yelled out to them something along the lines of, We are armed! Get the hell out of here! They dropped what they were doing and bolted. I came out of the tent, gun drawn and ready to shoot someone. Our stuff was strewn all about. They had rummaged through quite a bit of our stuff. I walked to the edge of the woods in the direction of whoever was out there had fled. There was a creek nearby and I walked to the edge where there was a small trail running alongside it. Down the creek I could see a light. It looked like a lantern the way it flickered. Then I saw three more emerge from the other side of the woods. I told my girlfriend to start packing up whatever she could and that we were leaving now. We packed up everything of value, left the tent and a few other items and headed back onto the trail in the middle of the night. 
I kept hearing people talking off in the woods and hearing branches snap for quite some ways. I kept looking behind us every few seconds to make sure nobody was coming up on us. It was completely nerve-wracking. If something happened, we were still a long ways from anywhere, and quite literally on our own, since we hadn't seen any other hikers the entire time we had been out there. I really felt like we were in serious danger. We had been walking for quite some time when I heard something in the woods behind us. As we rounded a corner, I turned around and saw someone step out onto the trail and just stand there, watching us. It was just as the sun was coming up and barely any light. I couldn't make out any features really, just the silhouette. I stopped and looked at them for a second and asked them who they were and what they wanted. They just stood there, silently, watching us, and then turned around and walked back into the woods. We picked up the pace and kept going, looking back every so often. We didn't see them again, but my gut told me they were still there for quite a ways. We eventually reached the end of the trail and got to where we had parked my girlfriend's car, extremely exhausted. We made it out of the Virginia woods without becoming a meal for a clan of cannibalistic inbred hillbillies, which is what I pictured happening in my head the whole time. I have no idea who they were or what they wanted. Maybe it was someone just messing with us. Maybe it really was a clan of deformed hillbillies who were hunting us. I will never know, because I will not be returning to find out. This happened to me over 30 years ago, but I remember the feeling of fear as if it were yesterday. I was in college, female, and taking a course in outdoor survival. The course ended in a three-day, three-night wilderness solo. We were allowed to take a backpack, empty canteen, sleeping bag, knife, six matches, rope, a sheet of plastic, a change of clothes, extra socks, halazone tablets, small cooking pot, and a spoon. We were not allowed to bring food or water since part of our training was in identifying edibles and finding a water source. Once I was dropped off, I had to hike in to find a spot to set up camp. First, I had to place a flag on a tree near my drop-off point so that I could be located three days later for pickup. I was loving life, just me and nature. I had no fears, even as night began to fall. I enjoyed the sounds of the woods all around me and didn't mind not having a tent. I built a small fire and had a great feeling of peace. I slept well that night but woke up thirsty. My search for a water source began. Happily, I found a muddy stream let the water settle in my pot, placed the tablets in the water, and boiled it for good measure. Yuck, what a crappy taste. But at least I was hydrated. All went well and I had a great time. 
until my last day. It was early afternoon on the last day and time to break camp. I cleaned up my camp area and hiked out to my drop-off spot. As I sat leaning against a tree, I heard the sound of a vehicle off in the distance. I figured that it had to be my pickup. As I waited, a vehicle that I had never seen before pulled up the dirt path in front of me. Immediately, I realized that I did not know the man who was driving. He gave me an odd look. My gut told me that he was bad news. He asked what I was doing there and if I was alone. I said that my friends were behind me breaking camp. He gave me a knowing look, got back in his vehicle and rode off. I was completely terrified. I knew that I had to hide, and fast. I ran into the woods and hid. As I ran, I heard the car come back. I stayed as quiet as I could and remained hidden. I heard him get out of the car. I could hear him calling to me and walking through the brush looking for me. I'm serious that I was so afraid. Eventually he gave up and I heard the car door slam. The engine start, and the car pull away. Going back to my drop-off point was not an option, so I began hiking through the woods, hoping I would find base camp. After walking for what felt like hours, I saw a forest ranger. I told him who I was and what had happened to me. He told me that I had done the right thing since a young woman had been raped the night before and the police and forest service had been searching the area. Happily, he drove me to the base camp where I learned that another girl in my class had had a creepy encounter with a man the night before. She had scared him away by blowing a brass whistle until help arrived. If there is anything to be learned from this, it is being sure to always trust your gut feelings and never camp alone. I've been a scout since I was eight years old, and last year I was the leader of my team, so I had to do all the paperwork and phone calls for finding places to camp. It was mid-November. I had to find a place to camp, but since I was lazy, I decided to wait a week before the actual weekend. A week before the weekend, I decided to call some owners so I can have a place to sleep. As I called many places, all of the owners are unavailable, or simply not there. But then I see a number which I had never called before, since it was at the end of the list. I call and an old lady picks up the phone. I do the basics, presentations and all. She agrees to let me and my team stay at her place and we are making agreements. That afternoon, I go to her property to check everything, such as potable water, a place to put the tents, and the campfire. The place is kind of dark, but it's nice. The week passes, and Saturday arrives. The Saturday is going well. We had some fun and played some games, ate a lot, and had a good night. As everyone goes to sleep in their tents, I stay awake to finish paperwork for the next day. 
It's now midnight and I decide to go to sleep because we have to wake up early the next day. As I switch off the flashlight, one of my newbie campers, we are eight in total, needs to use the restroom and asks me to come with her. I can understand because it's better to be accompanied at night, especially in the woods. She does her business and I suddenly hear some noises far away, but not that far. I tell myself it's nothing. It must be some animals trying to find food. We go back to the tent, and that's when I hear footsteps approaching. As I hear those footsteps, I remain calm and tell myself maybe it's the old lady checking to see if we didn't make a fire too close to something. But I still have an odd feeling, because it's midnight and why would she do it at this hour? Then the footsteps stop for about 10 minutes, and then I hear more coming to our tents. Thankfully, all of the girls are sleeping, because they would have been really scared, I know. I was the oldest one, and they were all about three or four years younger. As I hear footsteps, which seems to come from one person, I hear others coming from the back of the tent. And I was like, okay, this is getting weird. I need to do something. I look around inside my tent, and then I notice one of the newbie campers had left some embers from the fire, so I could see what happens between the fire and the zipper of my tent. A minute passes by, and then a silhouette is there, just between the fire and my tent. I stopped breathing. I literally froze. I started to move towards my phone when I saw the silhouette coming closer to the zipper of the tent. I sent a message to one of my bosses who are always camping in the near areas just in case something were to happen. But I knew she would take too long, so I had to think of something. And think fast. That's when I had an idea. I put my alarm on like a big siren because sometimes we would do like night games and wake up in the middle of the night. So I put my bell on and my girls woke up. The silhouette had started to unzip. I had actually started to see fingers from below. But as the silhouette heard my girls waking up, she or he sprinted back to where they came from. That's when I saw the other two silhouettes sprinting back in the same direction. Everything luckily ended well. Twenty minutes later, my boss came and stayed the night, and I never had to deal with those silhouettes again. Don't forget to send your true horror stories to NightmareSocietyRadio at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. You can also support the podcast by joining our online campfire at patreon.com slash nightmare society. All links will be in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time. Sweet.